Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into what I think is going to be a very fascinating discussion. It's something that uh, we've spoken about, we've followed, we've tracked quite a bit on this platform, and that is the issue of cybersecurity and how to make sure that uh, people are protected in this increasingly digitalized world of commerce and of business, right? How do you make sure that uh, the interactions that you have online are kept safe? Uh, How do you make sure that uh, your business, whether large or small, is not compromised in any way, or at least uh, that you minimize the impact of uh, potential attacks on your business? Now, for today, we do get into, you know, what I think is going to be an interesting area. And, uh, you know, that is the area of, uh, I think they're calling it spoofing, right? That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking to um, to two companies, uh, that is Iron Tree, uh, which has recently entered into a strategic uh, partnership with Senmark, um, you know, a South African cybersecurity email protection and, uh, you know, compliance expert, and now the largest uh, email security platform of its kind in Africa. Just to understand from both companies, you know, the partnership and, you know, what spoofing is about and some of the elements when it comes to actually protecting yourselves as I said, we have tracked cybersecurity on a number of occasions here, but now uh, we're getting a little bit into the weeds around this issue of uh, spoofing. And to help us to unpack all of this stuff, uh, it is an interesting one because we're joined by uh, two guests for today. Uh, we are joined by Sasha uh, Matulovic, who is uh, Sendmark's uh, co-founder and chief strategy officer. And then we're also joined by Steve Porter, who is the managing director of Iron Tree, which is uh, now a part of Metrofile. Um, I think uh, let me just start by saying, uh, gentlemen, uh, greetings to you. Uh, Sasha, I will just start with you. Greetings to you on, uh, you know, this uh, interesting morning. I understand that you're joining us from a different, uh, you know, part of the world. Uh, maybe you could give us a little bit around Sendmark, the type of business uh, uh, that you guys are involved in uh, before we get into the conversation. Hi, Madiwa. Yeah, thanks so much for having me uh, on the show. Proud South African uh, coming to you from Amsterdam. Um, so uh, at Sendmark, our purpose is to make the internet a safer place. And we do that um, by solving one very specific problem. Um, which happens to be one of the largest causes of cybercrime, and that is impersonation of your email address, um, which is called spoofing, as you mentioned earlier. So that's our purpose. Um, Spoofing leads to phishing, which is is the largest cause of of cybercrime in the world. So our job is uh, to build awareness around a very simple solution that is a global best practice to solve this problem, and offer a very easy way for companies to protect themselves from impersonation. So that's our mission and our focus at Sandmark. And then, uh, you know, over on your end, Steve, you know, your your company in terms of Iron Tree, what is it that you guys do? Metrofeld is a company that I've followed for 
quite a number of years one of the companies that i cover from a business day point of view and we did you know follow the the transaction quite intimately as metrofeld is you know sort of trying to beef up its digital presence you know and digital offering uh, especially on the documents and all of that side you know so just a little bit about ironshi what is it that you guys do and uh, you know how did you yeah i think let's start there before we get into uh, the synergies over with sasha Fantastic. Thanks, Madiba. And a warm welcome or warm hello to all your listeners. Aintree, uh, we're in the business of data security. We exist to ensure that companies can carry on transacting on a daily basis. Um, in December of last year, uh, we, we believe firmly a marriage made in heaven with uh, Metrophile. Aintree has been in business for around the last 14 years. Our, our primary market has been the SME to mid-tier base. And why we feel Totally excited and I suppose thankful for being merged with with Metrophile, bought from Metrophile, is we have access to the most high-level, prestigious businesses across the entire South Africa and Africa. Historically, uh, we would title ourselves as an MSP, a managed service provider. So what does that basically mean? It means that we take care of your data security needs, your IT needs, instead of you having to have resources in-house to do that. Uh, we pride ourselves on, we believe, some of the best service in Africa. Yeah, that's Iron Tree in a nutshell. All right. And maybe, Steve, just, uh, you know, whilst you're there, uh, as a, as a follow-up, we started off the conversation talking about this partnership that uh, Iron Tree now has with Sendmark. Uh, maybe now that we understand what the two companies do, what is it exactly that... Uh, you know, you guys saw in Sendmark that you could offer to your clients that you guys didn't necessarily have, uh, you know, those expertise in? So our, our, our first rule for doing business is the people. And we found in Sasha a like-minded individual and a business that I think shares the same values as us. Their desire, which is the same as ours, is to ensure that businesses are safe to be able to transact. What they have done in my mind, super clever. They've taken a open standard, and I don't want to get technical, and they've productized it. And that standard ensures that your email is literally 99.9% not going to be spoofed or fished. There, isn't, there are products overseas that do this, but there's no one that we believe provides the same level of service, the same level of functionality. And again, j- just from a human perspective, the experience we've had so far with Sasha aligns with who we are as a business. All right. I think it makes sense from that point of view. Um, Sasha, now let's you can get technical if you like. On, uh, <laughs> I believe that the standard is called, uh, what you call this, is called DMARC. Um, you know, maybe you could give us a little bit. Um, I guess maybe let's start with the layman's. Um, understanding of, you know, what, what DMARC is, you know, before we get too far into the weeds just around how it actually works. Um, and more than anything else, what is it doing? What is it aiming to really protect against? Because I understand it has to do with protecting against some uh, a flaw, a fundamental flaw that is found uh, in email. Yeah, absolutely right. So, you know, we go back to when email was first designed, um, obviously changed the world, uh, brilliant um, kind of publicly available uh, protocol for communication. But it it was designed based on a very similar principle to paper mail, where you, you write the name of the person on the front of the envelope. And inside the letter and on, on maybe the back of the envelope, you write your name. 
so that the receiver knows, okay, I got this letter from Madiwa. Okay. Now, when the, when, the, when the reader opens that letter, they have to believe it's from you, right? Um, and email was designed in exactly the same way. So, you know, it, it means that any cyber criminal bad actor can basically spin up a service anywhere in the world, an email sending service, and purport to be coming from almost any domain in the world. So this is like a shocking fact for all of us, is that someone out there can easily send an email from our very same business email address. They don't have to hack your inbox. They don't have to do anything really special. All they do is tell the email server that they are sending an email from this domain and the server sends it with that on the virtual envelope. If I can, can, can draw the kind of parallel between paper mail, traditional post and email. Okay. So emails designed with this kind of fundamental flaw at the time, obviously the, the kind of, uh, the authors didn't see it as being used for cybercrime, um, but because of this particular vulnerability of email, email then becomes the largest vector for cybercrime in the world today. Okay, so more than 90% of cybercrimes begin using this technique called spoofing and phishing, which are really like twins um, that, you know, that, that kind of exist, coexist together. Phishing being the, the actual act of stealing um, data and money and so on from people and spoofing being the act of impersonating uh, to, to steal um, data and money from people. So the kind of the two live together. So you've got this fundamental problem, right? So let's, so a few years ago, what happens is the, the world's largest technology companies get together and they all agree that this, that email being the largest vector for cybercrime is a, is a crisis for the world. It's costing the world probably about $500 billion a year. Um, in South Africa, it costs South Africans about 2.2 billion rand a year um, in losses. And so they say, okay, we've got to fix this. And they come up with a global standard which stops bad actors, um, which is our name for, for, for impersonators and cyber criminals and so on, from being able to use your email without being authorized. And so they write this new standard that the whole world can all use. And the standard is called DMARC. Okay. So you'll find that in the name of our company. So it's, it's quite geeky. Um, I'll admit uh, the name of our business. <laughs> Come on, that's cool. It is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how cool it is, but it, it kind of, uh, the name of our business is Send Mark, and the the, the last four letters, um, sorry, last five letters, D M A R C, are the, the 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 is the name of the standard. D Mark, D Mark stands for Domain Based Messaging Authentication Reporting and Conformance. Really, what it means, and we'll get into the weeds, as you say, in a bit a bit later. But really, what it means is it stops someone from being able to use your email address, okay, uh, without being authorized. So this, this consortium of companies write the standard, the, the, the engineers that were, were involved in the project were the likes of Bank of America, PayPal, LinkedIn, Facebook. It was then adopted by Google, Microsoft, Apple, all the largest senders and receivers of email in the world. Um, in fact, we, we sat down with the, uh, the very same individual who was the postmaster at Twitter the other day. So the, the guy who's in charge of Twitter's email, okay? So can imagine how many emails Twitter sends, right? And we had this discussion with him for hours about what we're doing and, you know, getting him to interrogate what we're doing in the business. Um, so that was, that was an honor for us. 
So, you know, Twitter adopted uh, DMARC as well. Um, uh, the U.S. government was one of the largest um, kind of first adopters of DMARC. So that's great. So now you've got this great standard. Everyone can use it. It stops impersonators. But there's just one little catch, which is it's pretty complicated to get it right. For, the, the, for, for most businesses, unless you're kind of Twitter or Google, you know, you don't have the cybersecurity in-house teams that know how to really get this right, or they've got lots of other things that they need to do. And this becomes another pain for them. So along comes Sandmark, and that's what we do. We make it easy for cybersecurity teams, IT teams, et cetera, through partnerships with, with, um, with managed service providers like IronTree to get this right quickly, affordably, and you know, w- w- with 100% certainty. If I'm understanding you correctly, um, Sasha, uh, we are saying that uh, there's a there's a there's a flaw in the design of email. You know, to go back to the handwritten uh, post example that you gave earlier on, bad actors, criminal actors, can make it seem as if they sent a piece of mail from your house. You know, using your 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 domain. Um, you know, you would back in the day. You'd use the address. They would uh, they would mark a letter with your address at the top, making it seem as if it's come from your house. But in this case, they're using your domain, which is uh, the digital you know equivalent of you know your address at the top of the the letter, and they're able to to make this happen. And then uh, because of the fault, you have a number of uh, the large tech companies that come together and say, guys, we need to fix this because email is at the core of so many digital services. You know in uh, how people, you know, interact and do business. So they come together, you have this, uh, you have DMARC, you have this new standard. But just saying that, uh, unfortunately, uh, the resources most of the time to just make it right tend to be a bit of an issue. So I wanted to maybe, you know, switch over a little bit. Steve, I'm definitely going to take, get your take, uh, you know, on on this and in practicality as well. Uh, One of the things that tends to happen in the world of cybersecurity, cyber attacks, is that businesses tend to be shy or shy away from uh, at least admitting uh, that they've been attacked, that they've been compromised, which tends to be, uh, you know, a big issue sometimes in terms of actually spreading the awareness out there. Uh, but I did have a conversation with, uh, you know, the team that actually helped to set up this particular engagement, uh, you know, from MediaWeb. They actually said they, they fell victim to this and they are not shy. They said that they would be willing to to have their story shared um, on this platform. So, Steve, maybe you could, you know, give us that practical example and also whatever um, extension to what Sasha said, because I think the examples are, are are really great, at least just so that we can see that this is something uh, that is affecting, you know, people all over the place. If I give you the most practical examples, if, you, if you're working in South Africa, you've exchange rates that are insane. We've got the delights of power outages, and then you've got just just economic downturn. You can't afford to lose money. What Senmark ensures, and, and, and the two most concrete examples I can give you is if your business sends invoices to anybody, you need to be DMARC compliant. So what do I mean by that? If you are not DMARC compliant, between the sender of the email and the receiver of an email, a person can intercept that invoice, change the banking details, and when the deposit is made, it's made into their bank account, not the sender. 
Sasha and I have numerous South African cases of companies that are taken for between 200,000 to million rands in single transactions because it comes from uh, accounts at iron.cs.a as an example. And the second example is your reputational risk. If you're a CEO of a listed company and you are not DMARC compliant, what that means is that your name can be used against you. Why would you possibly take that chance? So, so then that takes us to implementation. And to your point, you know, like you said, people don't want to admit when they're hacked. For me, what, what Sasha and their team have done, and I must say, again, I think it's absolutely brilliant. This is what Popia should have been. It ensures that there is no that, that you reduce your chance of financial risk. So again, so what do I mean by that? If you lose invoice value, it hurts. You've just, you know, you've just been hit for 200,000 Rand through a, a spoofing and phishing attack. That's painful. I'm not going to make a million bucks to make that back. It does, it enforces immediately. There's immediate pain. There's one way to fix it. It's Senmark. It's really simple. So then let's, let's talk about sort of practical, um, the practical implications in terms of the actual, what we found in the market is, to your point about not admitting, what we found is CTOs or, or CIOs will say to us, it, it's, this is an IT thing, I can take care of it. And what they generally get to is a, a four. And I need to explain what a four means. In the Senmark world, what Sasha and the team have, have given you is a, is a one to five scale. A five out of five means you are completely DMARC compliant. That means my chances of being spoofed and fished are literally zero. Anything below that, you're vulnerable. If I may, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not going to put my foot in it here, we've just done a quick test on the business live domain, and you're a three out of five. That's a concern. And I think, obviously, Sasha and myself would love to help me ensure that both yourself are taken care of, but to all your listeners out there, us doing a review in your domain is, is a two-second exercise. The implementation, if, if I may just go into that, if you don't mind me just rambling on a, bit, a little bit longer, the implementation is, is over a three-month period, and it probably takes about seven hours over three months. Why wouldn't you want to take that small step to ensure that your email is protected from losing revenue? And Steve, um, I could just jump in there and um, support that, is that um, I've actually just sent an email from Madiwa's um, email address. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've sent uh, um, just as a test to see, because we do do an ethical impersonation to really demonstrate the actual um, so we do a, a simulated um, um, uh, uh, ransomware uh, attack from the address. And I can see here it's been delivered successfully uh, to 0365. I've also sent one to you, Steve, from Madiwa. So, uh, Fantastic. Uh, Madiwa. So, yeah. And I see it's also been delivered to Google as well. So there we go. There's a there's an actual, uh, I, can, I can maybe uh, show you. I know this is radio, but I can show you, Madiwa, your, your email address being impersonated. Scary, scary, scary stuff. <laughs> so I, I think now that we're already getting into the practicals and you guys are already showing us, you know, just. And, and what's funny is the fact that uh, um, the way that he's done it is that he hasn't even used my actual email address. He's, he's gone and used something that looks legitimate, um, you know, and it's coming from, uh, you know, that specific domain. So I definitely see just how easy, you know, something like that then becomes. So now the issue then is um, if I'm a business owner, 
right? And I'm having engagements with you guys. I can imagine that the key things that people are wondering about, Steve, you've already touched on it, um, which is implementation. How is how long is it going to take? What does it entail? Um, that's the first one. And then obviously there's the there's the cost part of it because businesses are very sensitive. I feel we're still unfortunately in that cycle where things like cybersecurity still feel like a grudge purchase or, or grudge spending of some sort. And also at the same time, I think the third one um, is also at the same time, I guess, the awareness factor, right? How aware are people that this is actual uh, an actual issue and an actual problem? Um, Sasha, I'll start with you and then I'll hear from Stephen as well. Yeah, I just to I just want to um, quickly pick up on the. So I uh, I just uh, done it quickly. So I guessed your email address, but I found your real email address, which is that one over there. And <laughs> do you agree that's your actual email address? Yes, I I do I do I do. <laughs> okay, okay, no, cool. Um, yeah, I'd uh, I'd taken a guess at your at your email address, but then I went and did a bit of research and I found it and and I uh, I used your actual email address. Yeah. So, so, so your question is, how much is, is this a real problem? And uh, have I got that right? I mean, that's, that's the question. Yes. Now we're getting into the implementation because I'm saying that uh, businesses will be worried about, you know, firstly, how do they actually implement something like this? And I think Stephen had uh, gone into a little bit of the detail around what that actually entails. And then the second piece was around costs for businesses because things like your um, cybersecurity tend to be grudge purchases. And then I think the third piece that I was asking about is actual awareness from your your businesses, uh, especially small businesses that don't necessarily have the resources, you know, for a whole technical team, a CTO, a CTIO and the like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first thing I want to touch on is that um, we mentioned earlier that this is, this is difficult um, to implement on your own with and and I think that we we say that with a lot of respect for cybersecurity teams inside large corporates and obviously um, inside sm uh, small corporates of all sizes. You know the the team inside a large corporate, a bank, for example, has got a lot on their plate. Okay, I mean the there's probably sixty different six zero different controls that they need to be worried and concerned about when it comes to cybersecurity. Everything from perimeter defense to to you know, impersonation and, and, and all those kinds of things. So, you know, this forms just one of the many things they need to do, right? So we, 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 you know, we salute them for the work they're doing and we're here to just do this one area really, really well. Because when we've chatted with cybersecurity teams around the world, and I'm talking even top 1,000 companies in the US, who would, let's say, be some of the largest companies in the world, even their teams struggle with this particular protocol. And the reason for it, so I'll give you an example. I met with the ex-Chief um, Information Security Officer of the Dow Jones, Chief Information Security Officer of AT&T. Um, uh, these are obviously in the you know, top 1,000 companies in the US, and we discussed, we talk, talked about this protocol. And they had their own fears about implementing it in those very large businesses, because if you get it wrong, you can shut down your legitimate mail, 
Okay, so that's why you need a tool like uh, the one that we've we've designed because it assures you that you will never get it wrong. Okay, so that's that's the first part is we're giving cybersecurity teams assurance that they don't get it wrong, and they get the right thing done, and making their lives a bit easier. Because otherwise, the cost of doing this is extreme. Okay, so you know by using a tool like ours, it makes this probably one of the cheapest forms of cybersecurity that you could implement today. It's really, uh, you know, if you if you have a cybersecurity budget or an IT budget, it's going to be right down at the bottom in terms of one of the smaller costs that you, you're experiencing. So this is a, a must-do, must-have, global best practice, not, not expensive, fairly easy to achieve, and with a high level of certainty that it will be achieved. In fact, you know, we guarantee our clients that within 90 days, they will uh, reach a five out of five status using our platform. And if they don't, you know, we we will happily refund them because we we don't have any customers that are unsatisfied with, uh, with their protection. Uh, our purpose is to protect them. We don't want customers who are unprotected. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of from the affordability uh, aside. Um, the last question you had was about awareness. And I think that's, you know, that's half our job. Our job is to build awareness about this global standard that's available. Um, it's difficult to implement. And if you use a company like Sandmark, uh, we do have, you know, 10 competitors out there in the world that are doing the same thing. We salute them. We think it's it's fine. You know, there's a big, big world. There's hundreds of millions of domains that need to be protected. We're going to need lots of help. Uh, we only go to market with partners like IronTree because we need the scale of the, the the capacity that they've got to to build awareness and implement customers. So that's our go. To, our purpose is to enable thousands of engineers like the likes of IronTree to 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 protect the, uh, the world's domains. Um, but we like to see domains protecting, even if they don't protect with us. And I'll just give you one quick example. Um, which I think is really, really a massive impact in South Africa, which is that of SARS. Okay, so South African Revenue Service.gov.za is probably, if we go back a few years ago, one of the largest vulnerabilities for cybercrime in South Africa. It was unprotected domain. You could get, you know, any taxpayer or any citizen who, you know, getting a, an email from SARS.gov.za asking for them to pay monies here, do this, do that. You can just imagine, okay, that that is a huge leakage in terms of, and a huge vulnerability. We had a few conversations with SARS ourselves to say, you know, guys, we will do this for you. Like, let's, let's help you and, and so on. And we had quite a few kind of robust debates about it. And we want to just take the opportunity to, to, to salute SARS that they have gone ahead and actually protected the, the, the domain. And that's fantastic. So, you know, today, South Africans are much more protected and safer from, from phishing from SARS.gov.za uh, because SARS has taken the right steps to protect that domain. So we think that's a great victory for, for DMARC and for cyber, cyber security. Now that uh, you know that certainly makes sense from that end, and I think it's great to see and hear. I guess the perspective from a global point of view, you know, to understand the fact that um, even when you look at some of the large companies in the United States, um, you know, where you'd think that stuff like this is probably common practice, it actually isn't. It actually isn't so, and especially that example of SARS, because 
governments tend to have uh, reputations of being very slow uh, when it comes to you know adopting best practices or implementing um, new technologies uh, you know and the like and uh, one would also believe that the russia ukraine war has really shown us what place cyber warfare has and you know just how far you know something like that can go um, in terms of vulnerability Similar question, um, Steve, you know, anything to add, uh, particularly um, giving uh, the local context just around, um, you know, how aware businesses are locally of, uh, of the standard implementing it and how price sensitive they tend to be. You said just now that if you're a business, why would you not take, you know, such a, such a small cost on? But uh, for a lot of small businesses, uh, I can imagine that there's a little bit of convincing in South Africa that that does need to happen. Yeah, but anyway, that's, that's such a great question. I, I think awareness is hard. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's a lot like insurance. It's, just, it's the sort of thing you need after you've been hit. If I give you the most practical example, a company we were working with in the last two weeks happily gave away 750,000 rands, or probably not so happily, and the practical reality from that is people lose their jobs. They not only give money away, they lose their jobs. That company is a 50, 50 people company, which is literally the same size as Iron Tree. You're looking at a, a rate of about 4,000 rands a month. So to, you know, you divide that through 750 as a percentage, it's a tiny percentage of the ability to re- reduce risk. That value is, in my mind, just totally makes sense. And I, you know, just to understand, Iron Tree is the type of organization that if we're going to go to market with someone like Sasha and Senmark, we want to use that product ourselves and we're happy using it. There's, there's another element around this, which is, I think, critical and why I think the product and the solution that Sasha and his team have put together is it's agnostic to other solutions. It doesn't have to integrate with, you know, if you've got Mimecast, it doesn't have to integrate with anything. It's your perimeter defense sitting at the outside of your organization, ensuring you don't lose hard-earned revenue. Yeah, that's actually, you know, quite a, quite a serious, I guess, indictment on, uh, you know, on a lot of businesses out there. Uh, the cost of protection versus ha- uh, happily or slash unhappily uh, giving away 750,000 rand because you thought that you were dealing um, with a legitimate actor online. So I think as we're rounding up the discussion, gentlemen, uh, maybe we can get into we've we've really gone through the I guess the theory of what this what spoofing is email compromise we've gone through the, the the big issue in terms of how people are doing this and in practicality the type of cost and implications that it's having on businesses um, not only in South Africa but around the world big issue but in the realm you know I, I guess specifically of uh, email just zooming out. Um, um, maybe just uh, some closing thoughts from both of you, because we've got the spoofing issue that we've uh, spent today's conversation on. Uh, but outside of that, it's just two things from us. Is firstly, uh, what are the areas of vulnerability? You know, should people be paying attention to? That's the that's the first thing. And then the second piece is where should companies be beginning their their cybersecurity journey? Like what you said just now, Steve, about. Um, 
the fact that um, something like what Senmark is doing is not something that you know necessarily needs to be integrated with something else, which means um, it's feasible that a business could take it on as a standalone solution, for example. But most of the time, um, given all of the different vulnerabilities that come with you know cybersecurity and companies, etc. If you're a small business owner, maybe even on the consumer end, someone might just be saying, where do I begin in the universe, you know, to try and protect my business? Um, so, Steve, we'll start with you. And then, Sasha, you can have the last word on the discussion. So, I, I think Sasha's actually covered this already. And, and I, I love what he said earlier. It's about vectors. So, in the cybersecurity world, the security world, your attack surface, and, and that I, I, I don't want to get boring and technical, but what is the largest risk area? It's email. That's the first place to start. Everyone uses email. From there on, it's a case of, okay, so what, what do they, how do they interact with email? It's on a laptop. It's on a tablet. It's on a computer. That is your next element. You need to, you need to then secure the element that you're inter, in, interacting with email through. And so you work down the chain um, at a cybersecurity level. And I'm sure you've heard the analogy of cybersecurity is like an onion. You need multiple layers to ensure you are safe. And if we just keep coming back to the Senmark element, they are the outside skin of the onion. And so we work down to the organization to ensure all those layers are safe. From a, from a, from a, uh, a direct iron tree punt, we bring to market a suite called the Secure IT Suite, of which a part is Senmark. But we take care of your, your tablets, your devices, your Google Mail, disaster recovery, You've got to have backup plans in place at a, at a very simplistic route. Uh, check out your score on imt.sendmark.com. Let's start there in combination with Sasha and myself. Let's understand your organization, what your security posture is, and how we can ensure that you're not taken for 750,000 rands tomorrow. That's my approach. No, no, no. Thank you so much for that, uh, Steve. I, I think anything that will save companies such, you know, such large amounts. And as you said, uh, these are the types of amounts that could actually have someone losing their, their whole job because of something like that. It is something that needs to be addressed. Sasha, your take and uh, you have the last word on today's discussion. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me, Madhua. Um, it's been great. And uh, yeah, echoing what Steve said, you know, for us, the, the thought we want to leave with, with, with anyone we speak to and, and um, any webinar or any uh, uh, educational um, process we go through is know your safety score of your domain. If your score is, is three or lower, you can be impersonated. The next step after that, so uh, you know how to do that. You can go to Iron Tree's um, website and test your domain and it will give you a score out of five. If you're three or lower, you need to solve that. Your next step is just a free trial for Offsend Mark. So there's no cost to start the process and it will allow you to get real visibility of what's actually happening. Uh, the process of protecting your domain is a data-driven process. It's not, it's not uh, fiction, it's reality. Um, so you will actually see if someone is trying to impersonate your domain and then you can decide whether you want to pay the, the kind of the fee to, to have it resolved. Um, but but at, least have, at least know what you are dealing with so so that's our 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 kind of um call to action to 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 everyone out there and then i agree with everything that steve has said in terms of the way to deal more broadly with cyber security so right that's it a very fascinating discussion with 
the team over at uh, you know Iantree and Sendmark, giving us some insight into email spoofing. Um, I think most of us, when we're talking about uh, email compromise, we've often been talk, um, taught about uh, you know phishing attacks. Companies spend a lot of resources trading their staff about phishing attacks, um, you know, social engineering, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but spoofing, you know, as we've gone into it today, it's actually quite in depth, and I feel like I've learned quite a bit uh, just around how people can impersonate legitimate organizations, legitimate institutions, and even individuals from, uh, you know, these legitimate organizations, and especially some of the practicalities about what it can actually mean. I think one of the key examples that was given, um, I think Steve uh, gave it, you know, quite nicely about uh, the fact that if you're an organization that is invoicing or that is receiving invoices, and that is virtually any business out there, then you literally need to be taking this seriously because someone can intercept, you know, some of these emails easily change, uh, you know, easily change banking details. And, you know, before you know it, um, you've sent a 500,000, 750,000 rand uh, payment, you know, over to the wrong person. And um, it's very hard to reverse transactions like that. People are losing their jobs. If you're a business and you've lost that much amount of money, especially if you're in the small to medium space, you know, those amounts, they hurt. And you really do need to work to regain that. And part of the rationale is to say, okay, fine, Uh, rather than, you know, being at risk of uh, being compromised that way, why not, you know, just invest um, in having your environment or your business uh, protected in some way. So very good uh, discussion. It has been, you know, for today. Uh, Thank you so much to the gentleman. We were talking uh, to Steve Porter, who is the managing director over at IronTree, which is a part of Metrofile, together with uh, Sasha uh, Matulovic, who is uh, Sendmark's co-founder and Chief Strategy Officer. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today. Take care. Yeah, thanks. This is Mudiwa's Take. That was a very insightful conversation and especially, um, you, you know, we talk about hacking and how hard it is to get into certain systems or how easy it is uh, to compromise certain businesses. But uh, just the practical examples that were being given to us um, just now, it really sounds like it really doesn't take that much uh, for a legitimate organization to be impersonated um, on email. And when you think about just how much um, email is at the heart of, uh, you know, communications within uh, the business environment today, uh, then it certainly is a cause for concern. And especially um, given the amounts that were being, you know, spoken about billions uh, that this particular problem is causing to businesses um, in South Africa and around the world. And that around the world factor is also quite an astonishing one you'd think uh, that in some of the more developed parts of the world that such an easy situation um, you know such an easy um, compromise you know would be something that everyone knows about and is protecting against Uh, but it turns out that it's not which means that it is something that everyone um, is affected by going forward it will be interesting to see uh, just how much protection is uh, you know given to some of these issues always great to see and hear some of those 
those examples like SARS being one of those um, institutions of government uh, that has actually done a lot to make sure uh, that its environment is protected. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.